This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you know, our first guest after the break is is none other than and many of you guys are going to know him, but none other than Chris Prime Time Sneer. Chris, how's it going, man? Uh, it's great, guys. It's awesome to be with you guys. It's great. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. We're happy to have you. We took a long break from recording because life. Um, yeah. Because life does yeah. happen. Yeah. Nat had to do a lot of super secret squirrel Air Force stuff and hockey. I I've been I've been doing hockey like crazy, and we're very very happy to have just such an awesome guest, a guy who was a mentor to both of us. Oh, absolutely! Um, so Chris, this is this is great to have you on, and oh. couldn't think of a better person to have uh, on our first episode coming out of what's been a crazy hectic season since September, the last time we recorded. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That's that's and and, and very just humbling. Everyone... And I say that seriously. Yeah. So just let everyone know, right? So Chris is the guy. I mean, you're talking. Here I am, 16, 17 years old. Um, you know, and, and another old guy, Kevin Upton, says, "Hey, you got to come up to the D.C. area. You got to skate with. Uh, you got to mm-hmm. skate with Chris." And. Yeah. Um, I can remember being, you know, so my, my parents let me drive up to DC and I think I've got it made, you know, and, and I remember walking into a locker room and I meet Chris and, you know, anyone who's met you, you know, it's a big personality. Um, and I, you know, one of the first things that, uh, that I, that sticks out of my mind when, when any conversation I have with you or anything that I, that I, that I think about as far as, is who Chris Sneer is, is you're the first guy that ever said, to me that it matters being a linesman, right? So, I mean, which is huge in, in, in everything that I've done in, on the ice, um, mm-hmm. you know, a 16, 17 year old kid, you know, back then it was just, Oh, I'm JFL. I want to be a referee. And y- you know, that's something that, uh, that has always stuck with me was, well, you know what? In fact, you told me one time, you know, that offsides call in the last two minutes of a tie game, the third period matters more than that minor penalty. Right. Yes, it does. You know, and I, uh, yeah. So that's just something that that has that has really stuck with me. But well, good. So you know, I'm glad you came out. And I, I want to, if you don't mind me jumping in, you mentioned sure. a name. Yeah. Um, I kind of grew up in the golden era, as I like to call it, of our DC, Maryland, Virginia officiating. Yeah. Um, the quality of the officials that we had in that area, in our area, including you allowed us to be able to host national tournament after national tournament because USA Hockey knew we had such a great core base of officials. And the reason for that is in the Commonwealth is because of Kevin Upton. Yeah. And we like to mess with the old man and his little chicken legs and everything that went with him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And his old car and the smoking and, and everything. Yeah. And he's great. And I'll tell you what, if it weren't for Kevin Upton, guys like me and Henry White 
and Jeff Nygaard and you and all of us would not have had the opportunity to do what we've been able to do. And, and I'm, I give him crap, but he, I'm, he knows I'm grateful. Oh, I was the one that submitted him for the Chet Stewart award. Um, I, I was great to see him win that. He is the yeah, godfather. It was great. And you know. yeah, we have, you know, we have more Chet Stewart award winners than any district in the country. I That's think they're true. almost tired of giving it to people in our district. Right. Well, I mean, the district is big, and there's such great yeah, officials, and there's such great, exactly. you know, people yep. in, in the that southeast. Have done a lot to grow the program. Yeah, absolutely. And eventually, you know, we might see Dewey win it eventually yeah. at some point. But yeah. no, great tell. Those were no. That, oh. Thank you guys. Yeah. For, so, for so how did things. so how did you start officiating? What like what happened? Like where did your where did your officiating career start? What what did okay. you do? Uh, so, like the two of you, I'm a veteran as well. Yeah, uh, I got out of the army. Old slick Willie Clinton gave mm -hmm. us uh, an opportunity to take an early out in the early nineties. So okay, there you go. Yeah, I took it. I, there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't regret doing that. Now, did would that have affected my officiating career? Probably would have. Yeah. But uh, one of my dearest friends on this planet is a, a great official uh, named Johnny Shiree, John Shiree. And uh, he was at the CHL in the Coast League. So he's, he's Coast League, man. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this is 1992 when I had gotten back. Okay. And uh, yeah, he was he ended up lining in the American League as well because that was the normal thing because a lot of the guys that were – referees back then still probably are today they're all nhl trainees or whatever the program's called now yep. um so i would travel around with john had a great time you know met a lot of you know that's where i met guys like randy brawley and and okay and terry koharski and we just had a blast traveling you know we went to south carolina a couple times just traveling around i'm a single guy you know yeah. <laughs> hop in the car and he calls me where are you working so you weren't even uh, were you, got, were you even run. skating yet no, yeah, so, so no, you're I so, work again. So, oh, so wait, wait, so, so you're, you're just, you're so you're living, just the living the lifestyle. I was living the lifestyle. I wasn't even an official yet. Wow. <laughs> wow. So next year, I had missed all the, um, the, 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 the ability to really register for okay. USA Hockey at the time. So okay. next year, I registered 90. Uh, so 93 was my first year. Uh, okay. Back then, we had a blast. We had one seminar weekend. We had it up here in Easton, Maryland. Uh, my good buddy, um, Johnny Haran, the mayor of Easton, you know, would uh, would take us out and have a good time pre and post. Uh, wow. We had a golf course we went to, but it was a full weekend, <laughs> one weekend. That was it for seminars. Okay. You had oh, to wow. be there. Um, and then from that point forward, um, just like all of us, I worked as many games as I could. Yeah. Uh, I remember my first penalty call. Really? You know, What'd you call? Coincidental cross checks. Tucker Road ice rink. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bantam B. Bantam B was my first game. <laughs> wait, wait. So the rest of us get started on, like, Mike games. I'm worried about an offsides call. And yeah, here you I'm are. Your first call. I'm old at the time. Oh, okay. That's fair. So wait, so you're a 26 year old. I'm 20, but either way, I'm on this Tucker Road. It's cold. It's an outdoor yeah. rink, as you guys know. 
Yeah. This kid cross-checks this kid right in the back. I put my hand up. I got the penalty. The kid that got cross-checked, I mean, I swear, I'm telling you, he casually got up on his skates and cross-checked him back. <laughs> him. He didn't get up flailing with his arms and this thing. He just got up casual. Wow. And Love it. Back. Well, I got to call that one too. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, wow. and I did, and as much as I might rail on this now, but I did the six and seven game days back then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, like and look, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. You know, the sixty. I, I I think the most games I ever did was sixty-two games in a month. That's way too much. Wow. Yeah. Um, I probably shouldn't have done that. But yeah. Uh, so after my second year, I was lucky enough to be selected to go to a regional camp. Okay. Which is, I guess, the equivalent of now of the. Um, Oh, the futures. The futures. Right. Yeah. So went to regional camp, was voted most improved from start to finish. Nice. Very exciting about that. Um, got actually after my second year, I got an invitation to the ECHL camp as well. So oh. um, I went to camp. I didn't work any games. I did work a preseason game. Okay. Um, but I didn't work any regular season games. Okay. Uh, the next year, uh, I worked – well, let me rephrase that. I worked a couple of scrimmages my first year. Okay. The next year I worked – and Andy Van Hel- – or no, Andy did not take over yet. Still Pat Kelly. Uh, I worked okay. a couple of preseason games. Oh, I did not get the call for a regular season. And okay. 97, 98 was my first year in the league. Um, so – and I, you know, I worked nine seasons in pro hockey, and I loved all of it between yeah. the two leagues, the Coast League and the uh, um, United League. Also, a very fun league. Yeah. The, um, you know, we so doing all that. Uh, Ninety-eight, I went to national camp. The and then in two thousand and eight. As we've done a lot of the, you know, through the years, I also got to go to the Elite Experience, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, it was Tommy George, Jeff Nygaard, and and for, and uh, some guys I had known from seminars locally. It was a r- awesome week. So Man, that fun. was a that was a that year was a stacked camp too. I mean, oh that was, yes, you know. We had yes, you are absolutely right. Not with us. I mean, we were great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, no, you no, got that... I, I think the top four last year's top four defensemen for the for Tampa Bay was he last year or year before were all at that camp. Yeah. At, no, the... or at that jamboree, whatever they want to call it. Right. Yeah. You no, know, Victor that... Hedman, best yeah. player yep. there. Yeah. Um, he was the best player there. Uh, you're talking jo- uh, Johnny Carlson yeah. from the Caps. You're talking uh, a couple other Capitals there. You had Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. You had Colin Wilson. Oh, wow. You had uh, – oh, he's a great dude. Colin's a great dude. Yeah. Um, my, uh, good Lord. Uh, Bogosian. You had Marcus Pajarvi-Svensson. Um couple other streets were there. Two See? of the Finnish kids were there. Oh, just a stacked year. Yeah. Uh, actually, John yeah. Carlson. 
didn't even make the team that year, which I think was a mistake. I mean, I don't want to criticize the coach at USA because they took too many skilled players and not enough gritty players. They left some guys off that should have been on the team that would have helped them win instead yeah. of guys yeah. that skated around and didn't do anything. Yeah, That's um, wild, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, who, I can't remember the kid's name. He was by far the biggest personality out there. He he played a handful of games in the show, but he played mainly uh, with Nashville. He played a few games, maybe 20, 25 games. But, uh, yeah, he yeah. was a huge personality. He, he was fun. Him and I had a good time out there. But, uh, cool. you know, so – but in between, I mean, I, as I said, we had such a great group of guys here in the D.C. metropolitan area. Uh, between Maryland and Virginia, uh, that we all respected each other and yeah. we could call each other and bounce games off, you know, you know, stripes wireless after a game. You know, we got a call. We're on the oh, absolutely. road coming back yep. from Roanoke. Hey, you know, so much windshield time. You know, we got to call the fellas, see how their games went. Right. We got to talk about yep. how things went down. I mean, we're talking Scott Pimento. We're talking Jeff. Oh, we're talking uh, who am I? I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, Hammer. Timmy Apodaca. Hammer. Oh, I love Hammer. Yeah. I we're not like Hammer. I mean, <laughs> Hammer's the best. Um, even North Carolina guy, but, you know, the hip-hop hillbilly. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was. Oh, man. And he Hammer. Uh, but we had a blast. We all, like I said, we respected each other. And I think uh, I've done, through the years, uh, 18 national tournaments between officiating and I've been 10 on the ice and or wait, is it nine and nine or 10 and eight? Uh, either way, on the ice and supervisor. Yeah. Uh, two national, three national finals, um, which were a blast. Uh, uh, you know, we had, uh, yeah, I didn't get Sid the kids game when he was here with Shattuck. Uh, I had the, uh, the B, the uh, tier two. But, okay. um, uh, yeah, we had, yeah, that's all good. It was a fun game. Yeah. It was a fun game. Oh, I that's ran. Cool. Oh, this. Oh, Lord. This is terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's opening. It's the opening drop. <laughs> and this kid made a move I didn't expect him to make. And he ran me over. I'm like, why are you going? Here? What hockey advantage do you have going there? <laughs> the coach actually was yelling at him because he thought this thing was right in front of his bench, the Boston bench. It was the bar, the team, the green team. I don't remember, Shamrocks maybe. He yeah. like ran me over. I'm like, dude, where are you going? And his coach is saying the same thing. <laughs> I was like falling over. You're knocking what? the ref over. What are you, what not, are you doing? I'm nowhere near this. And he's going outside towards the. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh. That's awesome. Anyway, I mean, so, uh, yeah, it's been a great getting on 30 years. Uh, So right after, I've been an instructor now since I went to National Camp 95. I went back up to Lake Placid the next year to do instructor camp. And have been an instructor ever since. Um, Had all of the everything but state supervisor. Yeah, well. (laughs) In Virginia. I'm not yeah, gonna say anything. I don't want to say anything controversial. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> I've had Poor every other job that's, in the state at one point. That's next so, job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Now I got a 12 year old. Like I told you guys, it's like yeah. a lot of time to do it right. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I might. I might. You know, I'm on the back end, guys. Again, I'm yeah. Years, Heard that. So. Um, you know, and 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 seeing guys like you jump in and uh, as a, you know, we talk off air. You yeah. know, there's so many names on the. I just glanced at the Coast League roster because I still follow the league. I still love yeah. the league. Uh, so many great names of kids, and they're not kids anymore. Uh, that I've either skated with or uh, through the years or done camps with, and and yep. it's it's great to see it. Actually, I'm, I don't want to get emotional, but it does do my heart good to see yeah. all of the, um, you know, primes proteges as I call it. <laughs> primes, I'm about to say that protege. <laughs> my you got primes, it. my pro protege. group of proteges. Yeah, <laughs> you are on the A list, by the way, Mister Johnson. <laughs> so well, I appreciate that. <laughs> but I mean, we all do. love so, to hear it. So, yeah. uh, yeah, so you get all this. So, so let's talk about, um, you know, that that when you made the decision, or you know, as you're coming up, you didn't have a whole lot of time working games before you started supervising. No. So what are some of the things that you like to right. kind of do as a supervisor for you know for the younger guys? Like so. So how is it that, you know, you at the time were connecting with young guys like us and, and all like, you know, I mean, it, well, it's, I would say that's a very good question. Uh, the first thing is I learned from other supervisors, okay. uh, number one. And I also, as you know, I was, I, after I got out of the army, I was either going to culinary school or I was going to become a golf pro. Well, right. the golf pro opportunities came first. So part of doing that is, is really learning how to understand coaching and coaching physical activities. I also took some courses in kinetics. So I understand okay. body movement because I thought it would help me become a better golf pro. Yeah. Tying that into to us, um, I would, uh, I'm, when it comes to, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a kid at heart, yeah. but I let you guys, I understand understood that you guys were 16, 17, 18 years old. Why? Because I was a 17, 18 year old boy at one point doing A, B, C, and D sports and high level sports, et cetera, et cetera. So I understood the, uh, the mentality of that age. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I could, I almost, I could speak to you at that level, but I think it helped me relate to you as a as as an athlete, as a player, as a referee, and one one thing I do as a golf pro is I did an interview. So I yeah. want to know where everyone wants to go, what they want to do. I I, I put that into my uh, officiating. Yeah. Uh, when I have you know, younger officials, it's not just I'm going to see you once and supervise and leave. Yeah. I mean, what good is that going to do? Yeah. You know, and and also I think instructing or supervising. And evaluating are two different things. Okay, very true. My, well, because yeah, my opinion, you yeah. know, when you're when you're supervising, you're there to tell the guy, you know, here's what you're doing right, but here's also what you're doing wrong. Yeah. When you're there, you know, being an official officiating coach, like yeah. we're just trying to make everybody better. Yes, it's a different man. I'm there to supervise the game. We're there to supervise. Yeah. It yeah. also to make sure you're doing your job. More than instructing, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I agree, Ross. Totally. Okay. And and that's how like the I know, coach I took. So I thought it could always relate to the younger guys. 
Okay. Well, and, and I'll say, like, when I met you the, at uh, Camp Florida. Camp which, Florida. Great time. What a, yep. I mean, you talk about it, uh, a staff as far as the, the people there teaching it. You know, mm -hmm. you, Kat, and Gibby alone. Like, yeah, it's a triumvirate there. You, you know. More, more personality than you can fit in a, in a room. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, but, give me like, yourself. I know for me, the thing that, that stuck boy. out, the thing that stuck out about you was your personality and how you brought it with you onto the ice. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. And that's one of the things that when I'm, when I'm talking to our young guys or, you know, trying to help out, whatever, I always tell guys, bring your personality on the ice. Be you. You know, exactly. I, like, I agree. We all know Chris's personality. Like those of you listening at this point have probably figured it out. <laughs> like this not guy small. is, you know, no, not <laughs> small at all. Yeah, I agree. So you bring that on. Yeah. You bring that on the ice with you, and you know you're out there, you're having fun, you're being you, you're not being a robot. You're going to get a lot further with players and coaches mm -hmm. than if you're just out there, you know. Rule six hundred one B says, "You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like we're not we're not robots. Be be you." Yeah, yeah. I say that in every seminar. You know, I always tell people when I do the communication block. Uh, I say, "I'm going to keep this by the book, but for the guys that work with me, know that I have my own unique style that works for me and me only. Right? Okay, it works for me." But the other thing I say is exactly what you said. Be authentic. Yeah. If you're telling jokes and talking, you need to be authentic on the ice. Players yep. will see it. Yeah. You have to be authentic. I mean, that's a great point, but great point. You've got to be – bring it up. Um, yeah. Does that sometimes get guys like, you know, me and, and you know, Tommy George and – you know, Doug Wood, probably the three biggest personalities up here through the years. Does that might get us in trouble every so often? Probably does. Yeah. Um, you I know, mean, but like that's, I think but that's just an but, but the thing there is, is it gets you out of trouble more than it gets you in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Tenfold. Exactly. And when it gets you in trouble, you just kind of get a little ass chewing, you know, you're not getting fired. Yeah. You know, you just get an yeah, ass chewing. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I was wrong. And, oh, yeah. I, yeah, and yeah. when you, I, when you yeah, bring I said it on something the ice, during a playoff game that was totally stupid, uh, and the player told his coach, the coach told John, um, "Oh my God, I'm totally brain cramming." CBHL commissioner for years. Oh, John. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh God, I'm brain cramming. Uh, you yes. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly. Yes, I've seen. And he I can called see his me. Face. He goes, "Did you say this?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> well. Yeah, but, goes, well, that's the other yeah, part, too, is the honesty, idea. right? Can you write an apology? It was simple conversation. Can you write an apology? Yeah. I'll take care of it, John. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maselli. John Maselli? No, no, no. It was um, he was a lawyer in the area. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, out, okay. Uh, that's he, a, he was yeah. one of the guys in Mount Vernon. Yeah. Uh, oh. Mount Vernon at Northern Virginia. A great guy. I'm just – I'm. I feel bad. I can't remember his name. And uh, and the best part of all of it, bringing your personality on the ice and stuff, right? When you walk in the in the building, and the coaches see you, or you get on the ice, and the players and coaches see you, they know what they're getting. Yep. Yeah. And um, yeah. I tell you what, I I've had in the years I've been working decent hockey, I've had conversation with coaches where they're like, "Yeah, I like this guy because 
you know, I know what I get out of him every night, but then I mm-hmm. got this other guy that comes in and I don't know if he's, if he knows which way is up or which way is down and I can't yeah. read him because he looks at me with a blank stare and talks to me like he's a robot. Yeah. Okay. But if so, you know what I mean, it's okay. I'm a, I always use my friend Randy Brawley as yeah. an example. Okay. If Randy goes out there and starts telling jokes in the middle of the game, everyone, let's say an adult league game, yeah, yeah, they're gonna look at him like, "Is Randy drunk? What is? Yeah, what, what, what is he doing? Yeah, <laughs> what is he, he doing? doesn't tell jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, and and you know. And that and I know people you know now. If I start telling jokes, different story or doing yep. whatever, yeah, or well, because they that's expect just, it out of you because that's yeah, how they know you. Yeah. They know what, like you said, they know what they're getting, they know they're going to get yep. a well called game from both of us, from yeah. both yep. of us, uh, and that's the key. And it's you know, we as officials, you know, at a higher level, you know, we want to let the game play out. We're you know, I think a lot of senior, even. Well, not senior. A lot of younger officials, or at that. Um, all right, this is again. This is a prime time thing. We yeah. probably should explain how I got that nickname at some point. Um, Which yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this is prime's level of, uh, you know, the levels of progression in your officiating career. You know, you're going through the standard level one. You're just learning and you're excited. And the first step is the game slows down a bit. You know, a mic game can seem fast. Then you get comfortable with that level. Then you go to the next level and you're really doing well at Bantam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you take the next step up and you're hearing good things. It's usually yeah. two or three years in your officiating career. And you're at that level now, maybe three or four, where you're at that level where you've now heard a lot of good things and you go up to a checking game or, or a Bantam midget game. And you know, just enough to, and I'm not going to use the word I normally use, mm-hmm. you know, just enough to screw up a perfectly good hockey game. Yep. And as soon as you get through that phase of your development, yep. Yep. you've taken an advanced step towards being as good as you're going to be. I, will, I, I guess won't, the analogy I, I would make would be like a second year law student. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, won't, yeah. I won't tell everybody what you told me in the locker room one time. So I had... So I had come up to work because at, at the time, the only AAA, you know, there was only one or two tier one teams in the Southeast District. There was one in right. Florida, there was mm-hmm. one in D.C. And I got to go work, you know, I got to work two of them. And I'll never forget what you told me in between the second and third period yeah. of the first game. And I won't share it for everybody, but essentially it was the next time you put that whistle up to your mouth, you better swallow it. Because yeah. <laughs> you're screwing up a perfectly good game. Yep. And I kind of looked at you and yep. you, you said and the best hockey games always determine five on five. Yep. Like, you if know. you don't need to call penalties, don't. You right. know, and you know what yep. it's funny. A that moment kind of happened to me in an adult league game. Really? Yeah. Oddly oh. enough, in an adult league game. And Wally Cronin, who's a long time, and I thanked him for this, and it kind of caught him off guard. I, I probably thanked him for this six, seven years ago. I think when I had my 25th year, so it was five, maybe five years ago. Um, 
I mean, he it was his only game at Reston, and it got out of control. And you know, I was a punk, you know, you know, mouthy punk referee, and at the time, and he comes in and he reads me the riot act hmm. after the game because we had to call the game short because I didn't call enough penalties. Guys were swinging sticks at each other. And basically, and, and we had to cut the game like they only played like half, maybe barely half of the third period. And oh, it was wow. my fault, but I didn't know it was my fault until later in my career when I realized, yeah, that was totally a screw up on my part. Yeah. Let the game decide. The players will decide what, how they want to play. And yeah. we decide to call it based on what they're doing. Yeah. You know, if they want to come out and play, come and get, stay out of the way. Let them play. Yeah. We know the yep. criteria what penalties to call yeah. you know if they want to come out swinging sticks well then you know what we're going to have a parade to the penalty box yeah you know i mean that's a yeah. simplistic but yeah. you're right now i remember that i almost share something i don't think you maybe you know this maybe you don't but i'm gonna tell you this is true this is true and he may never admit this to you to your face you nat were absolutely one of camu's favorite officials that has ever come out of Virginia. <laughs> well, I appreciate I'm that. I'm dead serious, man. Oh, man. I'm dead serious. I he absolutely adored you from the day you stepped on the ice and wanted to get you to the highest places you could possibly go. Um, and, I, you know, to the point where, like, man, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah. I treat us like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, we didn't say that to him. I mean, I owe that man I mean, a lot. That's I, true. I, I will say, like I owe yep. I, I owe KMU, man. I owe him. Yes, we owe, owe him a lot. And, uh, and now, KMU is another great example. KMU is yeah. a straight shooter. Yeah, he's gonna come in the locker room and tell you what went down in the game. Yeah, you know, from our perspective, that's his yeah. style. I, I that still is his style. whenever I uh, whenever I'm supervising a young kid, I still use his. Uh, you know, you got your two minute penalties, you got your one minute penalties, and you got, yep. you know, uh, yep. and that's, uh, you, you know, the other thing he did for me. Boy, call it your one minute penalties. We're good. <laughs> yeah, keep calling yep. one minute penalties. The other thing he did for me is, is, uh, man, you know, so another one of these AAA weekends, and I'm refereeing on Friday night. And of course, he always set me up with you and Jeff or you and Henry or, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, and I remember the, He'd set me up to referee on Friday, and then he'd have me lying on Saturday, or he had me working something else. And I can remember one of them where it did not go well on Friday. And mm-hmm. he put me on. He made a couple of phone calls and just said, "Nat's refereeing on Saturday." And then the look on those coaches' faces when I walked out the the next game uh, was no, you know what? What you would have thought they'd seen a ghost, but but Kevin always said again. You know, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but because he, he knew you needed that. You yeah. needed that bounce back situation. Yeah, and that's what good supervisors do, and yeah. good trainers. Yeah, don't back out. And say, oh, he can't do this level. No. Yeah. Yeah, that was you the. Know, you, know. you know, John Robinson is another one we all owe a lot to. At least for us older guys, super yeah. older guys. And John was John was a sink or swim guy. Now a lot of people, Kevin was not that. Yeah. Kevin was not that, but. You know, Jr. That was his method. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna throw you in there, and let's see what you got. Yeah, um, sink or swim, right? We gotta do it. Yep. 
Rip, and, rip the Band-Aid off. That's right. That is absolutely yeah. right. And we um, and he had his guys. And you know, we talk about JFL. You know, there's some guys that cost themselves, you know, high-level careers because they didn't want to be linesmen. So that's a. Um, we're not going to name any names. Um, <laughs> right. Probably know them. Um, yeah. Sometimes you, to get to a level, you got to be a linesman first and learn it. Yeah, now we all know those are two different skills, being a linesman and yep. being a referee. Absolutely. Some guys can do both. Some can't. Yeah. Yeah. And some guys, are, but the reality is you got to do it. Right. Which has always been, it's something that it took me a long time to understand that there's a big, there's a big difference between calling offsides icing in the old days two line pass or even just managing your face off you know how how do you want to manage your face off like that's that's a big that's a big skill set that's completely different from how do you want to manage your penalty selection yeah you know yep um you know and as a line right you know you you know you can go to the benches you can talk to those guys a lot more than you can as a referee and it's just a different it's just different it's a completely different skill set and i think a lot of folks don't understand no, they don't. Uh, you know, when they say JFL, it's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, as you told me, um, yeah, you, you say that, but that offsides call in oh. the last couple of minutes is more well, They cannot – calls are black and white as, yeah. as linesmen. They yeah. can't overcome a mistake of ours. They can right. overcome a crappy penalty call, yeah. you know, or yep. a crappy referee during a game. They'll adjust to that. Yeah. They can't adjust to a bad linesman. No. Yep. Well, yeah. I think too many people also just forget how important we are and how good linesmen, if you learn how to put out fires, you can prevent a game from going sideways and the ref yep. has no idea you did it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The, the, yep. You know, you know. But the ref, the real refs know. The refs yeah. know. And I'm not saying yeah. I love both. I love yeah. doing both. Uh, um, I love both. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely yeah. love both. Different skills, you know, and it's fun. I, you know, yeah, we all joke. Yeah, who the the referee talks to the goalie and the coach. Yeah, yeah. and the captains. Who the yeah. linesman talk to? Well, come on, we talk Everybody. to the centers and the backup goalie. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting over there right by the door. My last, my last couple of coast games, I've had some really good conversations with backup goalies. So. Yeah. 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 Who was who was the backup goalie? Oh, actually, it was um, it was in Roanoke, and Frank Anzalone was the coach. Now y'all know Frank, all five foot two inches of him. Okay, he's fussing up a storm. You know, he's got his little Italian thing going, and out there with the backup goalie, who was uh, oh god, his his sister, I think, played for. the Olympic team, our U.S. team. Okay. Um, and he calls me a short so-and-so, just yelling at me for no reason. And, and I look at the backup goalie and I go, he just called me short. And the goalie <laughs> just casually looked at me and he goes, I know, can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, and, the, and the, whoever it was, whether defenseman down there was laughing and we're going, we're just casual. Can you believe it? <laughs> awesome. Oh, hey, buddy, cool. pot, pot, meat, kettle. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Prime, you spent, so uh, you talked about a little bit about, you know, so your hockey, your hockey experience, like all this stuff. And then, yeah, yeah for folks who know, know like, okay, you, you've been a golf pro as well. But one of the things I think a lot of people might not know is that you spent some time as a writer too, right? And, I did. I covered, um, I did a lot of it pro bono. Yeah, uh, I covered. Uh, I was sports writer for 17 years. I covered DC United and Major League Soccer. Okay. Uh, I covered both men's and women's national teams. Okay. Uh, I did a little local college basketball. Uh, I did a couple of Maryland games. Uh, the coolest uh, of all the people, and these names you're going to know. Uh, well, Gary Williams, number one. Gary Williams during the press conference, who was the former coach at Maryland, for those who may not know. Um, yeah. the, the press conference that you see on TV, yeah, one Gary Williams. The hey guys, let's go back, let's go to the back office and talk. Gary Williams, totally different. The tie <laughs> comes off, the beer gets yeah. popped open. Every other word might not be useful on this show, and, sure. <laughs> and yeah. we have a good time. And he knows that we know that this stays in the room, yeah. Um, and and that's fine. Uh, you know, I've interviewed Cristiano Ronaldo, okay. uh, Lionel Messi, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, nice. The uh, uh, if you're a soccer guy, some other John Terry. Uh, one of no the big, biggest no, jerks of no all time, deal. by the way, is Rafael Marquez, who played at Barcelona on the Mexican national team. Yeah, jerk. Um, yeah, weird. Uh, the women's national team, Mia Hamm, all yeah. those, uh, those are great. That team is great. Um, you know, a few of the, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Hope Solo, not yeah. the biggest Hope fan. She ain't the brightest human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> like, um, but actually, my favorite person, and I wasn't even a writer then, in the sports world that I've ever talked to, was the coach for University of Tennessee women's basketball. Really? Uh, I was oh, – uh, Pat Stewart? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Was it – what no, was – no, was, no, Pat Stewart. No, what was her name? Yeah. No, what was her name? Wasn't it Pat? Well, Head was her original – her real name. Pat Head was okay. her real name. She was oh. married. Summit. Um, she dropped the head. Oh, Summit. Pat Head Summit. Summit for years. I was close. It was close. Yeah, it was. She is, man. I was going to go to Tennessee to do my grad work. So I went into the uh, they had just started their club. Now Their club coach has a full office in the athletic room. Really? Okay. Well, I don't know how she found out that I had just come back from Desert Storm. So I'm a veteran, et cetera, et cetera. She asked me and she introduced herself to me. And asked if I could. We sat down for a half hour, maybe more, and just talked about the military and leadership and the skills that we learn. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. This is, you know, we're just talking like like this. You know, arguably, well, you know, if she ain't, all right, we probably got to give Gino his due as the best ever, but she's second best, you know. Yeah. And. I was like, and I look back later, I'm going, damn, that was freaking cool. Yeah. You know, uh, so, but that was, yeah, that was fun. 17 years. I had just, um, oh, I interviewed David Beckham. 
David was my guy. Actually, wow. really? during that period, um, my first paid gig, because a lot of what I had done was pro bono, as a lot of the soccer writers were, because we love the sport. Yeah, and yeah. Um, makes sense. Was pro bono, but I had just started working for MLSNet, which is now MLSsoccer.com. Okay. Um, and I, my my job was to cover the away team at the DC okay. United. Okay. okay. Well, my first assignment happened to be David Beckham's first game. So, wow. uh, you know, I got some exclusivity as the league's writer to talk yeah. to him one-on-one. So for those years he was here, you know, him and I got to be buddies. He'd shake hands and chat it up in the locker room as the, yeah. the hoopla went away where he had to have separate press conferences and he just became one of the boys. Um, and he loved that. Yeah. Let me tell you. That's awesome. My impression of David was the attention hound might be his wife. Look, that dude knows he's hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> he knows he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. However, however, and he accepts it, and he accepts his celebrity, but even the other players on this team said, look, you know, Landon Donovan being another one. Landon would tell us, look, he just wants to be one of the boys, man. He's just yeah. happy that he can be here. And yeah. just be one of the boys and play soccer or football. Yeah. He loved that. Yep. He could just play ball and not have all the crap that goes with him if he were back in Italy or, or England playing. Yep. You know, after all that hoopla was done and he just became a soccer player, he absolutely loved it. So, uh, great. Yeah, great guy. Him and I got along great. Wow. So, that's, that's so cool. And, so, uh, so, what are the questions I have, right? So, so you are. You know, so as, as the the multi multifaceted guy, so yes. so as an official who's writing, you know, as you as a writer, as an official who's writing a game report, what do you think? What do you think officials get right and wrong on these things? As the as a lot that you've read, and as a writer, what, what you know, what's something that you want to tell everyone? Hey, do this and don't do that. Okay. So I've written a lot of game reports. I've <laughs> never had one turn back. Probably okay. not a um, very simple. Number one, and we say it at the seminar, but it's true. Stick to the facts. Yeah. Stick to the facts. The facts are, are the most important thing. Number one. Number two, construct active voice sentences. Okay. Meaning you have a noun, you have a verb, and the noun does the verb. Okay. Not the verb being done to the noun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm in English class. You have the ability. (laughs) Yeah. You are in English class right now. Yes, you are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number one, that's number two. Um, if you can, keeping those simple basics of writing and proper grammar, still be able to tell the story where the, and again, we say this at the seminars, but it's true, but guys don't do it, is be able to tell the story without an abundance of adjectives. Right. Okay. Don't just say player A hit player B here. Now that's the facts. Okay. Yeah. But in regards to the penalty, let's say charging. Okay. Well, player A hit player B here on the ice. Okay. Well, that doesn't constitute a charging penalty. 
Okay. Right. So yeah. describe where player A started and why you called a charging penalty using the language in the rule book. Use the language in the rule book. Okay. Yeah. That help you. I'm not saying copy it verbatim. Okay. Yeah. You could say so. Player A came off the boards, skated around the circle to the corner, and took four fast strides and checked player B awkwardly into the boards. Now that pretty much covers charging, doesn't it? It does. I assessed a charging or even head first into the boards, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. I assessed a major penalty under rule, blah, blah, blah. Game misconduct rule, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, that's as simple. I'm throwing something off the top of my head. But yeah. just speak to, just say what happened. Okay. Don't, our opinion does not matter. Um, our opinion does not matter. Right. We are there to report the facts because as noted, and this has happened to me, what, um, well, no, that's not true. Um, a, a situation that happened in a game. Well, I guess I did technically write a game report post game report. Um, a kid in a high school game and, and we all been around here a long time. Um, even it, it's probably actually better down in Florida, uh, Ross. Uh, there's a disparity of talent often in the high school hockey. Uh, oh no, we have we have good, the same here. Yeah, yep. this kid uh, threw just a drop dead perfect body check mm -hmm. uh, on this kid, and it, you know shoulder to shoulder. The stick was on the. This is a long time ago. We didn't have that. The wording of now playing the puck, blah, blah, blah. His stick right. was on the ice. He shouldered him off. He had his eyes straight on the puck as he was getting it. He hit him hard. And this kid went down. And it turns out this kid ended up rupturing his spleen and had to go to the emergency room and spent like a week in the ICU. Oh, well, wow. apparently mommy and daddy wanted to start suing everybody. So Gray Bullen, who was a referee and a great player, and I played with him in our adult he was the commissioner of the league. He calls me. And I, he asked me what happened. Um, and I, I said, yeah, I remember that play. It was a great check. It was a hard check, but it was a great check. And he goes, can you write a report for me? So I explained it. You know, and I wrote, you know, player, you know, I, I don't have yeah. it. But I, basically, player A came out of the corner with the puck. Player B came at a, a, an angle, struck him with his left shoulder exactly on his right shoulder. Checked him into the boards. Player B fell down or whatever. I know he because he went down. Player yeah. A took the puck and play continued. I even said that his stick was on the ice. I said the whole thing, just like yeah. it happened. And yeah. um, I don't think anything came of it. But, you know, that kid was in a bad way. But I said, I'm sorry, Bill. I, they can say what they want. It was a perfect check. Yep. And, yeah. yeah, do I have some credibility as, you know, being me at that point? Yeah. But it was – it was, yeah, it was, it, it, so it could end up in a courtroom. So tell them yes, the it truth. Could. Yep. Yep. It could end up in a courtroom. And, you know, when you go to a, uh, have any of y'all been at a national tournament or any big tournament where you've had to go into to a hearing? Sure you yeah. have. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. The, when they yeah. ask us, what do we tell them? 
Just what happened. We uh, tell them just the facts. Concisely what happened. Answer the question that is being asked. Yes. Yep. And yeah. I have that in my current job at the Pentagon. If I ever yeah. happen to go to Congress, which is a possibility, you know, my role is as yeah. a SME. Subject matter um, expert. I, I do not interject anything. Yes. Oh, yeah. Subject matter expert. And that's yes. it. My yeah. job is to answer the question that is given to me directly, factually, and that's it. And I think yeah. that's where people go haywire on their game reports is one, they mm -hmm. want to interject opinion. They're not telling a good enough story to where John Maselli, who's not there, let's say it's a G1, J1. Yeah. Uh, can visualize what physically happened on the ice. Right. And that's not easy if you're not necessarily a, a crafted writer. You don't right. need compound sentences or too many compound sentences um, and, and all that long-winded stuff. Well, I guess I'm going to tell you what happened when I interviewed Ronaldo about that, by the way. I hollered at this one writer. <laughs> This fool is asking this boy, this fool is asking a guy who can barely speak English. He's using, a, he, he, he's throwing these big four, high, four syllable words into compound sentences. The guy can barely speak English. And I looked at him after we were done with the interview. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, they can yeah. barely speak English. You're asking him questions like that. No wonder he didn't give us an answer. Yeah. Okay. He so didn't know what you were asking. Yeah, he didn't know what the hell you were asking him. Yeah. So, so exactly what I said. Be simple. Simple. Yeah. You know, I love using uh, SAT words, but no, we don't need them. Hockey Use players don't know those the supporting anyway. Supporting language in the rule book. Use right. the language in the rule book to support what happened. So good grammar, short sentences, active voice, not short sentences, good grammatically sound sentences, active voice, tell the story. Who, what, when, where, and you sometimes the why. There's a, there's if there's any. Well, what do y'all think about that? Do you think we should put context in the report? So I would a say why that might have happened in a previous period. I mean, maybe right. You know, are you coming off of? Yeah. Well, and the rule, the rules are a little bit different now. But hey, are you coming off of uh, someone who had a major penalty in the last period and? You know, you're looking for some payback, maybe. Uh, you know, I think that's something that, that if the why is important, you know, uh, if the why is I not agree. important. That's very well put, that. If yeah. the why adds to the context or gives context without an opinion. Yeah. Okay. That can then allow the, let's say it's a match penalty situation. That can allow the person reading the report to ask the question. Yeah. During the hearing. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's not my opinion. I'm just stating that the kid had a penalty prior to mm -hmm. doing this. And it was to the now if it's to that player that he hit, then I think you have to mention it. If it I was think so too. Yeah. So no, I, but yeah, I, I think, think so too. Yeah, guys get in trouble. They just they can't spell, you know. <laughs> yeah. Can't spell. Too many oh, man, guys getting creative. Lord have mercy. I had to call, but one of the congressional liaisons down there in Alabama. I'm like, come on, man. Compliment with an I and compliment with an E. 
come on. I'm not complimenting <laughs> yeah. to tell you how nice your shoes are. Right. It says, this weapon system complements this weapon system. It's a freaking <laughs> yeah. not. But I was <laughs> nice about it. I was nice <laughs> yeah. about it. I guess that's I guess that that's a good lesson though, right? So like our yes. you know, our the rule book is what we're we're talking about and we're mm -hmm. representatives of the league. You know, yes. on the ice, we are the league representatives. So we need Absolutely. to you know, use the proper use the proper language, the proper grammar yep. to describe for the rest of the league, hey, this is what happened here. Um yep. you yeah, just made a great point, Matt. And I think we sometimes don't understand as officials, especially younger officials, we are USA hockey's representative on the ice. Right. We are an integral part of this game. The yeah. we are having the most fun. Yep. We yeah. we are the ones wearing the crest, which means we have a job to do. Yeah, we're getting paid. But yeah. the the reality is, and coaches hate to hear this. But we see it in adult leagues all the time. All you really need to have a game are the right number of players, referees, and a governing body. Yep. That's it. You don't need coaches, you know. No. And I'm a coach. I'm a level four coach. Yeah. Um, and coaches might not want to hear that. But you know what? If you happen to leave the game and you have a bunch of junior players, you know, they'll figure out what lines to put on. They might fight with each other on the bench because A wants to play. Yeah. And B says, you ain't good enough, blah, blah, I don't care. But the reality is that. So we have to, we are the representative and we work for the affiliate. I don't think a lot of people understand that. The governing body of hockey is not the national office. Yeah. Well, it is the national office, but the game is run by the affiliate organization. Right. And the four in our area, we all know. Um, right. That's who we really answer to. We answer to the yep. affiliate. Right. Yeah, that's that's and a lot all, of guys, even senior guys, don't understand that. Yes. Yeah. You know, we that's answer all to the, the affiliate. And the, the proper so, authorities yeah. are the affiliate. The proper authorities mm -hmm. is not the national office. The proper authorities are absolutely affiliate, right. You know, man. absolutely and that, right. And that's where insurance claims go through, you know, all of that mm -hmm. stuff. So everything goes through that and it runs through our district, you know, officiating staff. They know everything going on. Uh those game reports are set up. It's not hard technology to where it sends out. Um, to all the pertinent yeah. people right away. As soon as you click send, out it goes to the right people. Um, right. Yeah, no, game reporting. Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad ones, guys. I'm sorry. And guys, yeah. you know, like I know, Warriors, I, know guys are I wanted to ask you because I knew this was I knew this is your big, you know, this is your big soapbox. This is your hill to die yes. on, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. It is. I, it's one of my, being a writer is one of my things. I just, I don't there are three types of people. Yeah. There are people that know they can't write right? and respect when people help them. Yeah. Right? Small percentage. There's mm -hmm. the people that know they can write and are really good. Also a small percentage. Yeah. Then of course you have the people that write and think they can write and can't. Okay? <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And no, you those are people not. I make me shake my head. Now, and look, we have some phrases that I wish we'd get rid of in this world. Mm -hmm. called, in our writer's parlance, they're called fluff. And the yep. biggest one is in order to. In order to. Take it out of your writing. You don't need it. Just the <laughs> word 
two is I, all you need. One hundred percent of the time. I don't the like the only current. place you should ever see an order two is in the preamble of the Constitution. It's an old document. It's encased in glass. We can't get to it. That's right. I don't like uh, at this time and currently. I, every time I see another one. I, every time I see that in oh, a document, I want to cringe. But just, oh, I, well, I did it to them the other day for the document I added. I'm sorry. These are fluff phrases. Get them out. Just <laughs> this. Awesome. The congressman just That's wants so to read funny. this and all the crap that goes with it. Just say it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it just yeah, it drives me crazy. And look, I'm not. I don't, don't want to say it critically, but these we're grown ass adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the educated yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We need to be, we need to be better. <laughs> really. Oh man. You know, and if you don't, and if you have a professional that's saying you can't write, like Jeremy Mallon's a good friend of mine. He mm -hmm. admits he's a terrible writer. He's terrible. <laughs> and he knows it. So yeah. he would send me, if he had a report, he would send it to me. I'd put the quick edit on it. I say, hey, bro, I would do this, this, and this. He'd get it if he had time to do this. And he'd send back and he turned in good reports. I love right. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy was another one. He's Jeremy good. was something. So uh, yeah. We've uh, so we yeah, but definitely game report. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, hope I'm no, entertaining so We referred to you as prime time multiple times. Now yes. we got to get to that nickname story. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, this has got to be this has got to be the capstone of the this evening. Is, is yeah, how this, do we get this, this is, story? <laughs> so, if you recall, now what's funny is I was a Deion Sanders fan well before I got the nickname. And yep. Deion Sanders fan yep. to this day. So as you notice, and as we've talked about, um, I developed a pretty flamboyant officiating style. Um, <laughs> Dave Boyer, Randy Brawley, and I can't remember who the other person was, were at Reston Rink upstairs uh, before they redid it with the extra rooms. They had stands, you know, about a six or seven riser stands on that whole side of the building in the small rink, the NHL rink. NHL. Um, so if you recall back in the, in the early 2000s, late 90s, when on ESPN, when they would do the highlights, they would have a separate package for Deion Sanders and the guys, you know, it was Chris Berman usually doing the yep. call and then the guys in the background would be going, Prime time, prime time, prime time, prime time, prime time, as he was doing the call. Yep. So I break a lace. Okay. So I'm in the locker room that's now a conference room or a party room. I break a lace. High school game, Friday night, big crowd, yep. uh, packed. So we have to go right through the stands. And I do the quick lace. I'm late getting on for warm up. And as I'm walking out, I hear those knuckleheads in the back going, Prime time, prime time, prime time. And I'm and all the fans are looking back going and they're laughing. And I'm going, oh Lord, I have a feeling this is gonna stick. And sure enough, 
from that point forward, you know, Dave Boyer started calling me primetime. He would tell the story. I would tell the story. And even Matt Leaf now to this day calls oh, me man. <laughs> So, I mean, but but like people, you know, it wasn't just, a, it's like, oh, it wasn't just a couple of chuckleheads and then some of the yep. fans. It was yep. all of the fans. They had yeah, it was everybody everyone. They were in. laughing. They were looking. They were smiling. They were laughing, but they were smiling. They were going, what is yeah. going on here? Because yeah. it was probably a... A 40 foot walk, maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah, 40, 50 feet. And they're yeah. doing it the whole way. And I'm laughing. I turn back laughing and I go, oh, Lord. Oh, so man. I had my old Saturn. I had the primetime license plate on it. Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. So that's how I got the name. It stuck. It's been great. On it. I still yeah. call me that today. I love it. And it's, uh, man, it's definitely, uh, it's been a nickname that has stuck. I well, mean, you know, I'll know I'm yeah. Greek. So one of my yeah. high school nicknames was Zorba. So yeah. that was good too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have some names, I'm sure, that, you know. Well, yeah, don't like. other people might not like. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. The one like, thing I learned along the way, yeah. for someone like me with a big personality and opinionated, you can call it what you want. I'm not for everyone. And, I, and it took me a while to really understand that, that, you know, my ways and my, um, you know, the way I do things and, and good or bad, are they're not for everyone. So I can't expect everyone to like how I do things or, um, or how I operate, but it's what I do. It works for me. It's, I tell people that again, it works for me and me only. And guys like, uh, uh, you know, oh Woodrow, this is this is actually one of my last games before the pandemic, before my knees went bad on me too. Was uh, doing a college game, and it's Dougie Wood is refereeing, and me, I'm lining, and I can't remember the referee, but he's from Pittsburgh. And I go, I called him ahead of time. I said, "All right, bro, listen, you're working with two of the biggest personalities in the area." Okay, he's not. He's just a straightforward, good referee, great referee. Yeah. And I go, "All right, look." The only two things that you and Dougie would have in common is you're both from Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. The way he officiates a game, you're going to hear some things that you've never heard on the ice before in your life. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's just the way he is. Yeah. And yep. he comes to me after, you know, one of our first handoffs on an ice. He goes, well, I can't share exactly what he said, but there was an expletive and he goes holy blank what the yeah I told you ahead of time dude this that's Woodrow <laughs> so we had fun Love it. But, uh, awesome. I said yep I told you Pittsburgh that's it so two things you guys got in common <laughs> that's awesome that's um, amazing and it works and like I say I'm not for everyone and and I and it took me a while to learn that yeah in life in general but as well as officiating, because I know guys, yep. a lot of guys that don't like me, and that's fine. Yeah, you yep. know what? Like, well, I'll tell you, man, you've got a big, you know, your big personality has had a lot of effect on a lot of, you know, I say young guys, but it does, right? So yours is yeah. Uh, a lot of you aren't young anymore. Yeah, well, no, we're not young, but but if you don't think that we don't share prime time isms uh, with the younger guys <laughs> beyond us, yeah, um, we, um, you know, I, that, I think that it, makes um, that that it really makes me humble. It humbles me to hear a lot of the guys that are still going and, and mention me. It was, it really was, um, 
you know, it was really cool that that on one of your last podcasts that Logan Gruel uh, yeah. mentioned yep. me, and, yeah. and um, that was that was really cool. Um, yeah. I don't want to get emotional here, but I might. Yeah. I mean, you know, it. it um, I hope I. If wow. I can, all the games I did, the Nationals, that's all great. Um, my years in pro hockey that I love, because that's why I got into it. You know, I wanted to be a pro. Uh, so I achieved that and get as high as I could. And uh, but leaving a, a, a you know, taking the time to spend with young officials, sincerely wanting to help them uh, get to where they wanted to go. And, and that was important to me. And if I left my mark on guys like you, I, I appreciate it very much. Oh, absolutely. I say that with a lot of truth. Oh, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had some fun along the way too. We did. Um, I think a, and I can share a story here, a guy named Dave Schaefer, you know, Dave Ross. I don't, I don't know yep. Matt, if you met Dave. I have not. Um, I was a level two, uh, and Dave is a senior guy. And one of the, one of the this I'm a level two. This is a Bantam uh, DVHL two man game, so kind of in between tier one and tier two is the way I used to, back then. Okay. Um, they were playing down at Piney, and one young kid came in uh, who double booked himself, and he went to the wrong rink. Oh no. Well. Yeah, he swore he was at the right rank fine. Now, as Ross will tell you, Dave is very meticulous about how he dresses. That's um, understatement. Oh, my God. For example, any wrap in the lace, if that lace is not flat on his foot, he'll redo it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Am I wrong, yeah. Ross? No, you are not. Yeah. And I love no. Dave. Dave, again, <laughs> no. <laughs> he was abrasive to some people, but I liked him. And so I'm level two. I'm a relatively, you know, I'm a year and a half into this, right? And well, this kid swore up and down he wasn't. Now Dave's already dressed. He goes, "All right, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll figure this out later." But I'll tell you what. You go ahead and do the game. I'm leaving you in good hands. And I'm like, "Holy, you know what? Yeah, Did Dave, just say that about me." Huh. You know, yeah. and I'm like, holy cow. And that's when that was a moment in my career that I realized that I had progressed quite a ways uh, quickly that Dave Schaefer, national caliber referee, uh, work pro hockey, um, that he just kind of left me with this unknown kid to work a game, a, a, a competitive high level game. Two yeah. man, yeah, and that was so. Again, I I call, just like I called Wally later in life. I I called Dave and told him about this story, and he remembers it and told him how much I thanked and I thanked him so much for that moment. Uh, for me, as in my development, it gave me the self confidence to know that I'm improving and getting better. That I belong here as an official. And yeah. you guys know, man, you, you, we're, we're short officials in all sports. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. um, it, it, it's just you have those humbling moments. And if I can impart that type of wisdom on others, I'm, I'm always willing to 
to, to do that and, and impart that wisdom. And if it helps you become a great official, great. I'm not looking for credit. My ex-wife might think I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't think I'm like. Yeah, I'm not. I love her. Don't get me wrong. I want to. Yeah. Yeah, I love her still. She might not love me, but that, that's fine. That's um, but, we have a beautiful boy we're raising. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. But I said, yeah, you know, I'll tell you like that's so it's something that I think a lot of people don't understand in officiating is is how much, uh, you know, how much pride you take in in the successes of the, the of the guys that you get to skate with. No you know, and, uh, and and not just in officiating, but in everywhere that they go. I think that's something that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, absolutely. Like, you know, the three of us have seen, um, you know, uh, on our, on the military side, too, where, where you, you know, you spent four, six, eight years or we spent an entire career. Right. It's, it's the same type of thing. Like, hey, you're, you're really you're really happy uh, having a part in the lives of the folks who, mm-hmm. who are, uh, are, are successful and, and more successful than you are. And I think that's something that, yeah. um, that, that we all understand. So, yeah. and, and, and again, that's, that's a, uh, you know, prime, you, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of proteges out there and, and, uh, and, and that will continue. So, and that's why we wanted to have you on here, man. You, you, are, you are a huge, uh, your, your personality is just as big as your presence, and and that's been a, an incredible thing for you know guys like Ross and I and uh, and oh, so many guys, others. No. Thank you very much, man. It's uh, it's great to hear. I appreciate it very much, and yeah. you know I love you guys. I do, man. I I you know we throw it at the fellas. You know we're yeah. just, just the bros yeah. talking it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think if if you if you coach and train others for your own ego guys see through it yeah and don't yep. get me wrong we all have egos you can't yeah. be successful in life in anything no. without being confident in what you're doing and having an ego i think ego sometimes gets a a, a incorrect rep, uh, you know is, is yeah. not you know inferred properly or well inferred. there's there's good times and bad times to have one yeah exactly yep. and so. you gotta and if if, if we give because we love to the yep. people, to the sport, to the game, uh, to the game itself, to the to the organization that has provided us. And we got to see some all of us, man. We got to see some cool stuff. Great. You know, I went to Mexico City. Yeah. You know, been around the, the country, meeting cool people, um, having a blast, meeting guys from yeah. all over the country. Uh, from Alaska to Florida to yeah. oh, what yeah, great what you by the way, Alaska played Florida for the championship. That's oh amazing. my god, yeah, that was forever ago like, in the coast. I started yeah. laughing. I saw that. I started saying, you couldn't have two professional franchises in the North America further away from each other. I think exactly. I think that spell and will always be. The record for longest distance for a league final. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, guys, we've been, man, we've been talking forever, and I know we can keep talking, but I don't know how long it's longer people are gonna want to listen to us. So, <laughs> well, I, I honestly, we can uh, we can do a part two at some point. 
We have uh, to. We can do a part two. We can talk about some, Yeah, I'd love to. You know, we have a lot of experiences well, that can help young yeah. officials on the ice. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, a lot of that, you know, we, we got to hear about things. And, we got to hear about your Mexico City. We haven't even gotten to your Mexico yep. City story. So we got to have you back <laughs> yeah, on. Mexico this is, City was a blast. I had a funny story there, too. See, so we got to tell those later. Not knowing the international rules as well. And the supervisor <laughs> and everyone laughing at me on the ice. <laughs> That's uh, great. You, know, you learn. You know, quick lesson in one of my first pro games, and yeah, you know, my inability, yeah. my lack of awareness, causing a, a pretty much a line brawl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we got to write these things down because we got to have you back on. We got to, we got to, yeah, sure. we got to have a part two, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I love you know if any young official listening to me or listening to us here want to talk to any of us, not just me. Yeah, three of you. I'm telling you. Whether you're in Florida or Michigan or here in Virginia, D.C. area, pick our brains. I will tell you, we will be more than happy to help you. And and the one thing I'll say to all young officials out there, you got to have a plan of how to get better. You're not going to get better unless you have a plan. And let your mentors create and help you create your plan. But they're invested too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think on that note, honestly, with uh, with how good this was, I think we're just going to cut end the podcast here. Yeah, I'm going to say. And, uh, uh, I think this is just going to end up being a straight interview episode. Oh. And uh, everybody listening, we hope you enjoyed having Chris on. Chris, yep. thank you again. Yeah. Oh no, you're more than welcome anytime. Man, you are. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we with with the break that we took since September, like Matt and I said earlier, we were just you know life gets in the way, but uh, we're going to get back on a uh, regular uh, episode release schedule here, uh, starting with with this one. Yeah. So, I think with that, Matt, Chris, any final anything final? No, guys. No, have guys. Fun. Just hey, fine. I tell everyone, I stole this from Brett Parson. It's kind of a tough way right now. Um. Find your niche in the sport. Find your niche, whatever that is, whether it's officiating squirt games or U10 or pro hockey or being an instructor. Find your niche and do it as best as you can possibly do it. That's awesome. Good parting shot. Absolutely. Everyone, uh, best of luck in playoffs as you guys are skating here. And uh, I guess that's – Yeah, uh, I was just going to say everything's wrapping up. We got uh, um, district tournaments coming up, national tournaments, uh, playoffs for juniors and college and uh, pro hockey as well. So everybody that's out there, uh, just because, you know, the lights at the end of the tunnel doesn't mean it's over yet. So we got to keep skating hard, keep working our tails off. Absolutely. uh, You know, knowledge of the rule book. Yep, Yep. knowledge of the rule book and working hard on the ice gets you your next assignment. Awesome. all right, everyone. With well, that, you know this as a supervisor. Don't work hard. I will chew you out. Yeah, don't do care how good the referee you are. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, everyone. all right, guys. I love you. Love you too. With that, right. uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Team Stripes podcast.